Welcome back. This is Jim Cimbala, Senior Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We are going to continue my new series, The Calling, a podcast for Christian leaders. Let's talk about a new kind of preaching. We're still on this topic of how to find a message to bless people with and glorify Christ, strengthen folks in their faith. Let's talk about a new kind of preaching. Well, wait a minute. Didn't you say there's nothing new under the sun? Yeah, I did. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. When I use the word new here, it's like, let's rediscover preaching. I would say the great need today in America and around the world is for God to raise up representatives, people, who speak clearly the word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. Not just emphasis on doctrinal clarity. We must have that. You can't talk foolishness. We have to give people sound doctrine. But if you do that without the help of the Holy Spirit, that's not God's intention. Let me just mention this verse here in 1 Peter. Peter says, The things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. That's 1 Peter, first chapter. So he's talking about they preach the good news, but they preached it in and with the help of the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. We absolutely must have doctrinal clarity. And you have to know the meaning of the words and you have to know that it's sound, whatever we're talking about. But it's strange to me, it's always been strange, especially since I've been in the ministry some years, that people who even believe in the Bible, they have a high view of scripture and we need to have a high view of scripture. Oh, we need to preach sound doctrine. Otherwise, our people will be seduced by these con artists and charlatans and swindlers who are on TV or radio that just rake in money and abuse the people. If they don't know any better, the people will give in to the hoax. So we've got to give them sound Bible truth. But for it to be effective, it has to be in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as I was saying, a lot of people who do believe in the Bible have a high view of Scripture. It's strange that they will fight and argue the three in the morning about every little point of doctrine, especially their interpretation of secondary matters. But when it comes to preaching, they totally leave the Bible. They don't even look to the Bible of what preaching should look like. I mean, God shows us in the Word what the church should be like. We're not to follow our traditions of what we saw growing up. Then nothing will ever change. Nothing will improve. We're locked into, oh, praise God, born a Baptist, going to die a Baptist. Born Assemblies of God, going to die Assemblies of God. Whatever. But I mean, what's God's plan for the church? Better yet here, what's God's plan for preaching? Most of us have our concept of preaching, all of us. By what we saw growing up, our denominational traditions, our own personal history. We went to church on Sunday. My parents drugged me there when I was a kid. And then what I saw there, well, that was preaching. I mean, what else would it be? The guy's not weaving a basket. He's preaching. So that must be preaching. But it might not be preaching. Not the way God intended. So denominational traditions, ethnic and racial cultural influences. You know, there's black preaching. There's white preaching. There's southern preaching. There's Filipino preaching. There's every kind of ethnic style. Every culture develops it. But if we're not careful, we develop the culture and those characteristics more than we do look in the Bible and say, God, what did you intend preaching to be like and to look like? 
That's sad. We should always be looking in scripture to improve our ideas about church and about prayer and about everything. Just like, what do we believe about Jesus? We only go to the word. Well, what do we believe about preaching? Only go to the word. And that's the need today. A return to New Testament preaching. Like, well, what are you talking about? Well, let me give you an example. In 1 Corinthians, Paul gives an idea of what his preaching looked like. Chapter 2, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom. Hello? As I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message, focus in now, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Listen to that. My message and my preaching were not with wise highly educated, sophisticated arguments and persuasive words, the wisdom of the Greek culture especially, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. You know, there's an old saying I've learned is true. If at the end of the meeting they're talking about the preacher, the meeting was a failure. Why? Because the purpose of the meeting and preaching is not to get people to be impressed with the dazzle we produce. No, it's people are supposed to leave saying, oh, isn't Jesus amazing? Isn't God power? I can believe God for anything. Why? Because I heard his word. The Spirit spoke to me. Well, who's the preacher? I don't know. Some guy. He was just, what does it matter? Preachers come, preachers go. But the word of the Lord will endure forever. So notice this Paul's preaching. Have you ever seen preaching like that? I'm not so sure growing up I ever saw preaching like that. No wise and persuasive words. I believe most seminaries, that's the thing that they're trying to train the seminary students into, how to be wise and persuasive. Paul says, I was not aiming at that. No, I just gave you the truth, plain, common speech. But it came with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Is that not challenging to all of us? Come on. The next time you get to preach, next time I get to preach, shouldn't I be thinking about that, God? Can I preach like Paul? Are you a cessationist to the point that you don't believe God can help us to preach like that? Well, God can help us to preach like that. Where God is in the sermon. God is on the preacher. God is on the man or the woman who's talking in such a way that the people feel God real and drawing near to them. Not because of just the content, but because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on that person. Notice what he said. I came to you not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. That did not mean he stopped every four minutes and healed someone. Healing and miracles on demand are nowhere found in Scripture. No, God was in the place. God was on the man, on the sermon, on the words. Can't we have that today? Shouldn't we aspire to that? Or should we just settle for three points and a conclusion? See, the hardest part of sermon preparation is the preparation of my own heart. Drawing near to God so that when I speak, he's there enforcing the words, breaking, making them like arrows. In 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, Paul talks about our gospel. There were already other gospels like today. More of that in another episode, but our gospel came to you, not in word only. I wasn't a, a communicator. What do you think, I was glib, a talker? 
Had the preachers itch? No. But our gospel came to you not in word only, but in power in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. The deep conviction there in the Greek is not the conviction on the hearers, but it's the conviction that the speaker had through the Holy Spirit making that truth so real. You know what that makes for? Burning words. I believe we need a new kind of preaching that brings heat to the heart of those who are listening. Yes, quality information correct doctrine, but the head alone doesn't change lives. Su corazón, as they say in South America. Your heart has to be touched. Remember the two men on the road to Emmaus in the book of Luke? You know, Jesus, after raising from the dead, he walked among them, with them, but they didn't know who it was. And he opened the scriptures, it says, and he talked to them, explained how the Messiah had to suffer and die. He disappeared later on while they were eating, and when they talked to each other, they said this, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures along the road? Notice, didn't our hearts burn? That's what we need. That's what I need when I hear people speak. That's what I wanna do for other people. I want God to use me so their hearts burn, and God breaks down the hard places and the stony places, and the Lord really does something in and through all of us. You know, Mrs. Booth, Catherine Booth, the general who founded the Salvation Army, his wife was quite a exhorter and speaker. She said toward the end of her life, you know, I travel everywhere through Britain and the British Isles. I travel everywhere to different churches, hearing other ministers. But what I'm longing for is for burning words. What did she mean? Not oratory, not beautiful, cleverly lined up arguments, but and not screaming, not emotionalism. Please, don't mistake me. Screaming and emotionalism is screaming and emotionalism. It's not gonna help anyone. But please, we can't have dry sermons with the little life and expect it to change people for the glory of God. So let's pray now as we close. Lord, help us, every one of us, starting with me, that your spirit will anoint our efforts in proclaiming your word and that we will have burning hearts as a result. Not only our inspired hearts, but those who listen will burn with new love and passion for you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessings on you.